I'm Doug Laverty with the Laverty Legacy Farms from Lubbock, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. You know, it's always great to be back with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Texas cotton crop is maturing fast. These triple-digit temperatures and the ongoing drought are causing the crop to start setting bowls much earlier than we normally see at this time of year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Like their fellow corn farmers around the state, Texas High Plains producers have been hit by a market fall-off on top of a long-standing drought. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Rice harvest is underway on the Texas Upper Gulf Coast. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. The drought and heat of summer takes its toll on crops and livestock and sometimes has a cost that's not tallied on a spreadsheet. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report from North Central Texas. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The hot, dry weather is causing the Texas cotton crop to mature ahead of schedule. Of course, the drought has taken out a huge portion of the crop, but on those acres that are left, the plants are setting bowls early. USDA's Brad Rippey. Of course, a lot of that is driven by Texas, where we saw a huge 20 percentage point increase during the week to reach 45% setting bowls. That is significantly ahead of the five-year average of 29%. And last year's 28%. And I have to say, given the weather conditions in Texas, that's not necessarily a good thing to be setting bowls in heat and dryness as we have been seeing in Texas and elsewhere across the South. Texas cotton condition ratings are getting worse each week. This week's numbers shape up like this. 17% of the Texas cotton crop rated good to excellent, 43% rated fair, and 40% rated poor to very poor. 100-degree heat is not an ideal environment for dairy cattle, but that's exactly what Texas dairymen are having to deal with this summer. South Texas dairy farmer Russell Vaining says he always has to deal with the Texas summer heat, so it's just a matter of waiting for it to go away. We go through heat every year, some years worse than others, like this one is. You know, it's tough on dairy cows. I mean, we're set up, we got fans, we got misters, it helps. Of course, we have plenty of feed for them because... You know, we put up sawage and, and we buy, you know, commodities. We feed some of our own grain. Uh, so it's not a feed issue. It's a, it's a heat issue for them. And you're right. They pretty much quit eating. And when a dairy cow quits eating, they uh, they quit producing. We try to keep them cool, keep them healthy, and uh, look forward to the first cold front. 
Baining also runs a beef cattle herd. He says he's done some strict culling on that beef herd, but he hasn't had to liquidate so far. A Texas family will be featured in the BASF Cottonseed Catalog. BASF announcing the winner of their 2023 Cotton Variety Catalog Photo Contest. It's the Eggmeyer family from Midkiff, Texas. Rachel Eggmeyer captured the winning photo of her daughter Claire jumping on a trampoline in a cotton field. She has this beautiful flower girl dress from my brother-in-law's wedding that was like the month before. We put her in that dress she was jumping and my mom calls it she's like a cotton angel <laughs> and she really does look like that so that's that's how we got that shot and the the field we took it in we planted Fibermax 2334 and the cotton that year is just it's beautiful like we could not have asked for a more beautiful backdrop it was it was gorgeous you can see the Eggmeyer's winning photo on the BASF Facebook or Twitter page Texas High Plains corn farmers are dealing with drought and a drop in the market. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. It's not just drought and heat making things rough for Texas High Plains corn farmers. It's also the markets. The critical December futures contract, which was up around $7.60 a bushel not long ago, has dropped to around $6 even lately. David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers says the downswing is threatening a once-promising year. Hard challenge whenever you put yourself out there in any business and you get a chance to say, man, we're setting pretty good. All of a sudden, the market falls out from under you. You look at it and go, you know, this at best is going to be a break-even or use some of our capital that we've laid up over the past to, to pay out and begin looking at a crop for 2023. Gibson says much of the pressure on farmers relates to high production cost. The crop budget for that crop out there in the field right now is set, and it was built at a time we had those increased really high fertilizer prices. We had seen a lot of the peak of the fuel prices, all of our inputs during this crop year. Gibson says for farmers who did not market their corn back when prices were a lot higher, Making a profit this year could require getting good yields despite tough growing conditions. At least that's how things look right now. The Russia-Ukraine situation continues to swing the markets, and there's still much to be determined out in the fields here in our country. The western side of the Midwestern Corn Belt area having a lot of serious crop conditions, a lot of southern Nebraska, some of Kansas, parts of the Dakotas are much like we are. Eastern Colorado, all that area through there, if you watch the drought maps, has stayed in the drought situations, and the national crop is not made. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Rice harvest is underway on the Texas Gulf Coast. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Texas rice farmer for an update. For today's program, we go to Wharton County near the Texas coast, and rice farmer Tim Gertzen is our guest. And uh, Tim, you have started your rice harvest, uh, but uh, before you uh, give us an indication of how it's going, according to the latest U.S. Department of Agriculture Texas Crop Progress Report, rice statewide, 61% of the acreage is in fair condition, 24% in good, and 14% in excellent condition. How does yours fare in, in comparison? I would probably agree with that statement so far, Tom. My crop, I would probably put a little bit more, hopefully, in the excellent category. (laughs) That's what I'd like to see. But I will tell you that the triple-digit days that we've had this summer 
do have me concerned about what kind of effects it's had on the crop. No rain and uh, triple-digit heat is not good for any crops, and even a crop that is grown in in the water. So how has it impacted uh, the rice? We started our harvest last week. Really, we've only got the very earliest fields in. Most farmers haven't even started yet. We are probably between 5 and 10% down on yield from what we would anticipate. And rice being an irrigated crop, we usually have pretty consistent yields. So a drop like that is definitely noticeable. And we would attribute that drop definitely to the triple digit days because usually the lack of rain doesn't necessarily affect yields. That actually usually pushes our yields up because we got lots of beautiful sunshine, help the crop grow. But you get into triple digit heat and puts a lot of physiological stress on the plants and uh, they have to burn up energy just to stay alive instead of making grain. And hopefully as we go through harvest, maybe we'll have a window in there where we start to see yields bump up. That's sure what we would like to see. That is Texas Gulf Coast rice farmer Tim Gertson. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The drought and heat are taking a toll on all of Texas agriculture, but Barry Mahler tells us it may be affecting things we can't see on a spreadsheet. I'm sure that just about everyone in Texas is very aware of the hot weather, drought, and wildfires that have taken a toll on our state. After all, the excessive heat hits you square in the face when we step out of our much-appreciated air-conditioned world, and it looks like it's going to be around for a while, and it's even spreading across other parts of the U.S., so we're not alone. Now, several of us have seen these summers before and realized what a toll it can take on agriculture. You know, the first casualty is usually dry land crops. We began to see the damage with a winter wheat crop here on the Rolling Plains that was either disastered or destroyed or produced a much lower yield than normal. The loss of the wheat crop was a double hit as disastered wheat sometimes produces some pretty good hay. That was not the case this year. The forage just wasn't there. And with the ongoing drought, that lack of hay is sorely missed. And that brings up the second challenge, lack of grass for cattle. We just didn't have the spring rains to grow forage, and with hay supplies low, there's only one thing to do, and that's reduce the herd. Lines have been long at local cattle sale barns over the last few weeks, and the market is reflecting the increase of cow sales by trending lower. Now, selling cows is very difficult for ranchers, as many have worked hard the last few years to improve genetics and get their inventories adjusted just to make their operation more efficient, and now... They're going to see them all sold and have to start over again when the rains finally come. The grain sorghum and forage sorghum is gone or just never emerged, and the dry land cotton is ranging from very stunted to zero emergence as the calendar sees the growing season fade away. A neighbor shared a perspective the other day that a lot of people don't pick up on. He said, we have several older farmers and ranchers in our community that cut their operations back some time ago to maybe a pasture and a few of their best cows, kind of moving into a semi-retirement. He said he's seen these droughts force these older operators to sell out, and many of them never come back. And that takes away their very basic reason to get up and go every day. Now, that's not a cost recorded on a spreadsheet anywhere, but it is a huge loss to a community. And it's a scenario that probably plays out all across Texas day after day. Reporting from the Rolling Plains, I'm Barry Muller for Texas Ag Today. Texas youth who are interested in learning how to hunt can now apply for a guided hunt through the Texas Youth Hunting Program. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And horses can get COVID-19, but they usually don't get sick. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
Take the path less traveled and learn about the diversity of agriculture in the Lone Star State. It's a little education and a whole lot of fun. Texas farmers and ranchers between the ages of 18 and 35 can join the Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmer and Rancher Fall Tour, September 9th through the 11th in Amarillo, Texas. Learn about the diversity of Texas agriculture in the Amarillo area. Develop a network with other young producers across the state. Fellowship with one another and make new friends. Registration is open now. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org to register. The Texas Farm Bureau Young Farmers and Ranchers Fall Tour. The registration deadline is August 4th. Reserve your spot today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Horses can get COVID-19, but they usually don't develop sickness. But Dr. Bob Judd says there is another coronavirus that can be serious in horses. Although horses can acquire the coronavirus that causes COVID-19 in people, it is very unlikely to contribute to spread of the disease, according to Dr. Nicola Posterla. However, this does not mean that horses cannot be affected by coronaviruses. In fact, there is an equine coronavirus which does not infect humans but can be very serious in horses as it can be deadly in up to 9% of the infected horses. It is reported in the horse publication that many animals can acquire the COVID-19 infection, including dogs, cats, minks, and other animals from humans, and possibly contribute to the virus spread, especially minks. So far, the horse's role in the pandemic is uncertain. 600 horses were tested that were exposed to humans infected with COVID-19, and only 7% of the horses showed up positive on a blood test. The COVID-19 virus did not make the horses sick, and they did not shed the virus, so would not be contagious to humans. This is different than in dogs and cats, where 40% of them will acquire an infection from a human in the same household. So it is unlikely that horses play a significant role in the pandemic. However, equine coronavirus can cause serious disease in horses, as infected animals can develop fever, lethargy, decreased appetite, and neurologic issues. And although the 9% death rate is not that high, it is much higher than the death rates in humans with COVID-19. Equine coronavirus can be difficult to diagnose as it does not always display typical symptoms. A PCR test on feces is available, and if coronavirus is found, the farm should be temporarily quarantined until all horses are negative. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's a special program for Texas youth who are learning how to hunt. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Texas youth who are interested in learning how to hunt can now apply for hunts through the Texas Youth Hunting Program. Chris Mitchell, TYHP director, joins us with more. We are a program that takes 9 to 17-year-olds who have completed hunter education on safe educational mentored hunt throughout the state of Texas. There are dove hunts, duck hunts, feral hog hunts, and of course, white-tailed deer hunts available. We are trying to grow the next generation of hunters in Texas. Some people with a lot of foresight many years ago noticed that 
license sales for hunting and fishing were going down. And the fact remains that anglers and hunters pay for conservation. So if we don't have people buying hunting and fishing licenses, we will not have parks and wildlife management areas. That's just a fact. So we are trying to grow the next generation of people that are going to continue to buy hunting and fishing licenses so that we have places to hunt and fish and do all great things outdoors. Youth who are interested in attending a hunt, adults who are interested in volunteering or becoming a hunt master and landowners who are interested in allowing a hunt on their land can find additional information on tyhp.org. Mitchell encourages hunters to check back often as new hunts are added frequently. People need to check the website often. When landowners decide the dates for their hunt, they contact their hunt master, the hunt master posts the hunt. It'll happen daily. Again, that is tyhp for Texas Youth Hunting Program.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed close on Wednesday in the live cattle market, but feeder cattle finished higher. We'll take a closer look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Attention farmers and ranchers ages 18 to 35. Texas Farm Bureau has an amazing opportunity to highlight individual achievements, discuss complex agricultural issues, share your Texas Ag story, and be rewarded. Full-time producers can apply for the Outstanding Young Farmer and Rancher Contest for a chance to win a $60,000 prize package. Part-time producers and those individuals involved in other ag industries can participate in the Excellence in Agriculture Contest for a chance to win a $15,000 prize package. Actively contributing and growing in agriculture and the Texas Farm Bureau has its benefits, like cash prizes and recognition for a job well done. For more details and an application, visit TexasFarmBureau.org. Applications are due August 4th. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded on both sides of Unchanged on Wednesday. When it all closed out, we were lower on the nearby contracts, higher on the deferreds. August live cattle down seven cents, one thirty-six eighty. October down five at one forty-two thirty-two. The December up twelve, one forty-eight seventeen. Higher close across the board on the feeder cattle market. August feeders up a dollar sixty-seven, one seventy-nine ten. September feeders up a dollar forty-two at one eighty-one eighty-five. With October up a dollar twenty-five, one eighty-four forty-seven. Cash fed cattle trade underway on Wednesday, selling Texas cattle at one thirty-five. That's one buck lower compared to last week. Also seeing one thirty-five sales in Kansas. However, when you move up north, we're seeing that big spread once again. Live cattle sales at one forty-five in Iowa. That's two bucks higher compared to last week. Box to beef prices lower Wednesday. Choice down 65 cents at 268.46. Select down 61, 243.27. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, we have great special female sales at Ken Jordan's Jordan Cattle Auction. Lots of Saturdays during the year, and they had one this last Saturday. 
Ken, how did that special go in San Saba? You bet, Larry. We had a good crowd that was on hand. We had buyers, uh, a lot of out-of-state buyers uh, from Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, New Mexico, and Purdue. It was spotted all across Texas, too, along with 780 uh, buyers on the Internet. I thought all, start off with the pairs. I thought the fleshier young pairs sold mostly from 14 and a quarter up to 19 and a quarter, getting the solemn out, and then some young pairs carrying less flesh and maybe smaller frame-type pairs. They ranged from 1,000 up to 1,400. The young bread cows and some solid mouth cows that were in good flesh, they sold really active, to, uh, I thought on Saturday, from 1,300 up to 17 and a quarter, depending on time and pregnancy. You get in some of the solid mouth cows and some of the young bread cows, maybe they just pulled heads off, carrying less flesh, a little thinner. They went anywhere, depending on what age they were, to whatever, from 700 up to 1,275. Bread heifers as a whole, I thought, were in very, very good demand. With a bigger fall, winter, and spring Kevin heifers, they're carrying more size. They ranged from 1,200 up to 18 and a quarter. That's 28 head of a really good Nolan Ryan Beef Masters that bought that 18 and a quarter, just choice set of heifers. Some of the younger and smaller frame type heifers and some of those that were carrying maybe a little less flesh, they brought from 900 up to 1175. I thought the open heifers, they were also in very good demand. It's not that's been that way for the last four or five months. They were selling mostly from seven half up to 1800 on some really good true up ones. That all really depended on kind, size, age, and flesh, Larry. So overall, I thought a very active market better than I was anticipating even for that sale. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You bet they give us a call, Eric code 325-372-5159. Update information and look at more of the market report with a lot of our rep sales and everything. Then go to our website at jordancattle.com, Larry. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble here in Central Texas, reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs were sharply higher on Wednesday. August hogs up a dollar sixty-two at one eighteen sixty. October hogs up two eighty. 96.45. Class 3 milk was mixed. July milk up 4 cents, 22.54 a hundred weight. August milk down 51 at 20.66 a hundred. The cotton market traded sharply higher earlier in this trading session on Wednesday, but as we neared the close, we backed off of that a bit. We ended up closing only slightly higher. However, the October contract is knocking on the door of a dollar again. October up 14 points, 99.83. December above 95 cents. It closed 59 points higher at 95.07. The corn market added to Tuesday's gain. September corn up three and a quarter. It's above six dollars. It finished at six dollars and a quarter penny, while December corn was up two and a quarter, six oh three a bushel. The wheat market closed lower after two days of solid gains. Confusing news coming out of Washington over whether or not Ukrainian grain is leaving Ukrainian ports. We have news from a White House spokesman saying it is. However, news outlets say it isn't. So so a lot of confusion there over whether or not that's going to happen. September Kansas City wheat down 15 and a quarter, 861 and three quarters. September Chicago wheat down 13 and a half at 790 and a quarter. In the energy markets, September natural gas down 19 cents, 862. September crude oil up 343 at 98.41 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 484 points, 32,238. The Nasdaq up 483 points at 12,045. The S&P up 107 at 4,028. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet. Texas Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website 
at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.